This is the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast, where we have conversations with everyday martial artists about their histories and how martial arts influence their daily lives. You are listening to the abbreviated version of this podcast, which is the first 20 minutes or so of the show. Please consider supporting the show by subscribing on our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash M-A-L-M-A-G. And for about the price of one coffee shop coffee per month, you can get access to four new podcasts each month one week before their YouTube release dates. You also have access to all of our existing shows, which at this point is about 100 hours of shows for you to enjoy. Individual shows can be purchased at our Gumroad page. That is malmag.gumroad.com. This week, I sit down in Culver City at Cognitive Collie Headquarters with Paul McCarthy. Paul's got a really rich background in martial arts, reaching back to the United Kingdom where he grew up and coming through the Indiana program, as you've heard many of our guests already, and out here to Los Angeles, where he is not only a student at the Inosanto Academy of Martial Arts, but the director of the UCLA Martial Arts Programs. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast, and I finally, finally have gotten some time with someone I've been wanting to talk to for a long time, I'm sitting here in Culver City at the headquarters of Cognitive Kali, and uh, I have uh, one by one been picking off the Indiana crew, I should say, and um, my introduction to that awesome Indiana crew is actually this gentleman right here, who does not sound like he's from Indiana at all, this is Paul McCarthy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. Yes, yes. <laughs> I forgot the Indiana connection. I'm glad. Uh, we, we, is this the collection? Yeah. Are we, are we missing anyone? Oh, we are. We're still. Uh, we still have Ansa Wu. Oh, Ansa, she's around. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I gotta beat Paul, and I'm like, well, you gotta get on it, gal. Gotta, I gotta. So, 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 Paul, you won that race. Nice one. Did you? You got Adam Rector. Right? I got Adam. Brian. Just uh, recently had Brian. Yeah. Uh, we got Katie. Oh, you got Katie? Oh, I got Katie, and uh, I'm trying to think who else was in there. Um, Pat, Pat, of course. And then, so, um, that's kind of leaving Jason Winkle. Oh, you got to The top of that tree, right? Doc, yeah, yeah. Many, many, I got many a story of training with Jason Winkle. Okay. Many a fun story. (laughs) And obviously, the Larry Hartswell connection there was was pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, he was... How about Arlo? Was Arlo, is he from Indiana, or is he from the program? I think he's still there. Yeah, he's 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 a local. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What we call a, a, a Hoosier, or a, in Bloomington, Cutters, okay. I think, Ooh. which comes from stone cutters, a lot of uh, quarries there. Got it. But at the famous movie Break, Breaking Away, uh-huh. was about the little 500, the bike race. Oh. And it was always the school teams, the fraternities, and that kind of stuff, versus the cutters, which are the locals, which were obviously looked down upon as, as right. um, you know, Hoosiers. The, which the working is class. Diff- different name for a... <laughs> for a, 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 a Pinkish neck, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of those things, which, which interestingly has, I've heard two mythological stories in the origin of the term redneck. Oh, really? Yeah. So one has to do with coal miners that actually wore this red handkerchief, and it was their union. Get out. Yeah. So then you ha- you have that. So they were these people that were fighting for workers' rights, rednecks, believe it or not. And then you've got, obviously, the idea of that they were people that were out working in the sun, and therefore there was the... Redneck. That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. So I, and I've heard both of them, and it's really interesting. I'm, I'm going to look that up, though. The yeah. Carolina one. That's yeah, look that one up. That's got to do with um, West Virginia, I believe. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. 
So it's kind of a cool, kind of cool story. I was actually kind of set aback and, and thought, wow, that's really different and interesting. Gonna dive into that a little more. Yeah, and see where see where they blend in, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Myths are myths are interesting. How they get started. And oh yeah. Stories and <laughs> you know, we know all about that because martial arts are loaded with them. They certainly are. <laughs> they certainly are. Well. Uh, I guess I always start this podcast like any uh, superhero origin story. Let's go. Let's go to the beginning. Now, for you, at one point, you told me your first instructor was a guy by the name of Ian Galdi, who happens to be an alumni of the show. I think he was actually the maybe the third podcast we ever did. Really? So I know he's probably listening to this and someone I want to you know yank back in for an update at some point. But but brilliant, brilliant person, and I'm so glad you introduced me to him because he. Uh, not only is just a wonderful guy, there's something about his personality that reminds me in a very affectionate way to a friend of mine that was a college buddy of mine who's actually from Manchester. I know him. And, they, and, it, and it's funny because they don't look alike, but they have the same sort of like just energy, energy. to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's just something, there was something very familiar when I met him that I'm like, oh my God, that's like my buddy Ash. And so cool. So anyway, I, I know that's at least where you've said you've started. So I, You know... Ian is is one hundred percent and definitely my first martial arts instructor, um, but the but the story doesn't start there, like Ooh. like many of us, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. like most of us of our age. <laughs> the story starts with there's gonna be some toys here <laughs> and running around in costumes. It, when it starts with the Karate Kid, mm. the original, of course, and. Um, and I remember watching it. I can't. I think it was at my house or his house. He was a school buddy, um, Eddie Leyland, and we watched the Karate Kid. And then, and obviously, we're just like, "Wow!" Uh-huh. Ran upstairs, started kicking and punching each other. <laughs> parents, <laughs> parents were like, "Right, karate class." So I, I do recall going to a karate class when I was 10, 11 maybe, or even younger maybe. I don't know, but I couldn't. It might have been in Gerard's Cross, which is a town away from me. It might have been in the, the Memorial Hall. I can't really remember it. And, and you know, I, in my memory of it, I did maybe three months, which means it was probably about three days. Right. Yeah, <laughs> how yeah, your memory course. does. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I know you're young, how time expands. Exactly. So much like three yeah. minutes is three days. So I don't credit that. And I don't remember the instructor or the style or anything like that. But I, I remember very clearly... I was buddies with, um, for a long time, buddies with Robert and Simon Bishop, the twins from, from school. And me and Robert wanted to do kickboxing. We found this place in Slough in Montemice Arena. And, um, and Simon wasn't into it. He wanted to do boxing. And it was really funny because his mum was like, no, absolutely not. You are not doing boxing. It is so dangerous. Concussions and all this thing. Kickboxing? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, kick him in the head. That's fine. <laughs> and I remember Simon being so mad about that. And I'm like, yeah, he's right. Like, there's, there's no difference. Or at least, like, maybe it's a bit more dangerous getting kicked yeah, in the head. Yeah, getting kicked in the head, you think. But anyway, I, I remember our first lesson. Me and Robert, we took, maybe, I think we took the bus up. And, you know, we met Ian. And I remember one of my, like, uh, like students there was really good. And he did, I, I very, and this could be, like, first year or second year. I trained with Ian for two years, I think. Did the... From the sealot, we used to do these, the um, tripod roll into the scissor takedown. Yeah, yeah. And this guy did it from standing. Ooh. And it was just amazing. And um, So he did a turnover from standing, like a like a butterfly flip or oh, butterfly kick? Or yeah, like, like butterfly click, but, but you know, back of knees and oh, chest. Oh, damn. Okay. And took takedown. And I was just like, that's the fucking shit right there. <laughs> I want to learn how to do that. Wow. 
And uh, at that time, he had, he had advertised our kickboxing, so we took kickboxing. But he did. He's, he's obviously you've done the podcast, so background in Japanese jiu-jitsu, and and now trains in a variety of things. Right. Um, and he was a women world champion. And so I trained with him for two years. And 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 let's fast forward that to when we reconnected, because that's what that's my favorite thing. And I come uh, maybe it was maybe 2014 or 16 or something like that. I went home back to my hometown and um, set up a seminar because I've been teaching. I'm like, right, do a seminar. And Mark Lane um, said, hey, I'd like to have you with my group and blah, blah, blah. And he, I think he saw that. I, actually, I, on my website, I'd said that Ian Gordy was my first instructor. He said, oh, I see you know Ian. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know Ian? I've been trying to get in touch with him. I've been to a Combat Academy class several times on my trips home uh-huh. trying to catch Ian. Right. And he was Because he, he has many schools. And so right. he was never there. And so, so Mark was like, yeah. Whack-a-mole with Ian. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Mark set it up and uh, and I, well, I remember this till the day I die. Ian walks in with a few kids and he had told, he told me later that he had told these kids, hey, listen, this guy's coming in. If you want to train with him, you need to be good. They were a little bit trouble in school, you know. Kind of yeah. Like, and, he, and he was getting them on the set line, which is what Ian does. He does that very, very well. And um, and I remember him walking in and we just hugged. Like, like it was, you know, I've not seen him in 25 years. Yeah. And, uh, and he hands me a piece of paper and it was my registration record of school. And it was the wow. day I started, Wow! the rank I received, the dates I received the rank and my, and my membership number. He's still using the same system like, and it was Damn. there. And that was really special. And that's, that's somewhere in a safe place in this apartment. I couldn't tell you where, but it's somewhere in a safe place. As long as, long as it's safe from you, it's safe, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you say? Yeah. I've hit it from me. It's, it's very safe. So that was, that was my start. A couple of years. I can't remember why I stopped. I'd like to say it's because I went to college, but I think I might have stopped before I went to college. But if it was, it wasn't very long before. You know, life got busy and stuff. And then in college, I, it was where I started. I had my first ever annual martial arts school contract. Do you remember when those were all the rage? Like now, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I disagree with them and I don't like them, but I paid for it. I was in this school for a year and it was while I was in college, in North Lincolnshire College. And... Um, well, they were probably using the, the fitness gym model at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And there was another world champion there. I can't remember what governing body or weight, welterweight, I think he was, kickboxing champion. And so I trained there. And I went there, come rain, shine, or snow. And where, where, where was this college? This is North Lincolnshire College in the town of Lincoln in England, mid very middle of England. Mm-hmm. My degree from there was from Nottingham Trent. It was almost like a, a satellite school. Nottingham was about an hour away. Nottingham of, uh, you know... Sherwood Forest. Right, yeah, because that's exactly what I was thinking. That's you know, if you know Robin Hood, you know the Sheriff of Nottingham. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, Jez Hall was my instructor, and he passed not long ago. You know, rest in peace. And um, and that was a fight. That was fight school. That was like, we'd get you ready. And I remember training, training, training. We to, I was training with a guy who was very into fitness, still is, John Proctor. And um, and then they were like, who wants to join the fight club to like... So it was like the training, but then there was the smaller fight right, club. Right. Yeah, we were all there. And we've seen so many of these these movies or these videos, especially on McDojo Life, if you see those guys. Yeah. He lined us all up and the, the world champion came out and Slug you gave off. us a big old shot in the gut. And uh, you know what? I don't, I did. I took one and they, and, you know, and it was like, woof, it was rough. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and they were like, okay, line back up. And he got ready again. Yeah. And I, I backed out. Because I not because I was like this is really wrong and people shouldn't do this, yeah. which is what I think now. It's because I was like, no, that's You're like no, it's just I fucking don't, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and the people that stayed standing, they yeah. didn't get hit again, but they were in the club. So it was that like facial fears kind of thing. Yeah. But I still trained there. It was great. I got. I, that's where I learned how to spar. That's the first sparring. 
Uh, I remember doing a little bit of sparring with, with Ian, but not a lot. Um, and that I did that through leaving college. So that so where we what are we talking right? We're talking two thousand through two thousand and three for that. No, we're not. I'm I'm completely lying. Ninety eight through two thousand was college. Oh, right. God, I'm getting it. And then two thousand one, I moved to Indiana. Two thousand two. Two thousand one was when my bus broke down. Ah. And I was stuck. That's why I went to Indiana. It broke down in Okay, in good, because there's a good, there's a, there's a reason there's there. Because the those way. of us in the United States go, why the fuck would you want to? <laughs> I mean, you're coming from another country. And again, no offense to all you people in Indiana. I love you. I grew up next state over Illinois. And I can give you 10,000 reasons why you would come there. And you can give me 10,000 reasons why you come to Indiana as well. And you would be 100% right. But from the... <laughs> overview you go why the hell would you want to go from england you're coming here to america why would you pick indiana well this this brings it full circle with the van broke down right i have a 1978 volkswagen camper van called champagne champagne a bunch of people at the academy have seen us yeah been, been out i'm parked right next to it right now right, right in front of it, yeah. <laughs> underneath our feet um and five of us uh, at this summer camper worked out in maine bought it did a road trip i took i brought it out to l.a and I was heading back um, to New York, and I had it booked on a ship from New York to South Africa. Oh, you were going to ship it? I was shipping oh, it. Oh, I fell in love with it. Damn. I was a very stupid, naive 21-year-old. And it didn't make it. Well, then you're a stupid whatever now because you still own the thing. <laughs> yes, with many people would agree. Yeah. <laughs> but it broke down, and, uh, and uh, I had some friends there. I had some friends from camp, Shaggy, who I stayed with. But I had friends that I went to university with in Lincoln. Uh, Tom and Louisa they were a couple at the time and I and you know I kind of knew that's why I kind of hit it I was, knew I was breaking down the same was going wrong so I right. I veered towards places where I knew people were and I broke down and I was a bit stuck and they said oh well, you know you should you should really come and meet John John's done so much for us he's helped us out and I'm like great is John a mechanic like is he gonna like, yeah he yeah right and they give me directions and I followed directions on campus at IU in the University of Bloomington and I, I end up at his office. He's the chair of the Department of Kinesiology at IU. And uh, I walk in, and they're sitting there, shit-eating grins on their faces. And John walks up to me and says, Hi, Paul. I hear you want to do a master's degree. And you're like, I was hoping That's to like, get a bus fix. Was, but uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a ship, a boat. Like, right, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he laid it out. And, uh, and I kind of, you know, Tom's from the, both of them, from, Tom's from the Sheffield, and he's, he's savvy. You know, street-wise... Even though yeah. he's, an, he's an academic and he's still in Indiana, and he just got a brand new job at, at Butler, uh, director of kinesiology there, and um, and I kind of gave him the the look. I'm like, hey, what's going on here? Like, because he was like, okay, yeah. you teach these classes for us. That's why he wanted us because right. our degree was in coaching. So I technically I'm qualified to coach about twelve sports at a high school level. Wow! And trampolining is one of them. Nice. And I actually okay. did that. I got paid to do that once. Beautiful. Um, and so that's what they wanted. They had this whole physical activity program. They wanted us to be able to teach these classes. So they said, we'll pay for your degree and you teach these classes. And I was like, okay, great. But if you're, if I'm teaching all these classes, I, you know, how am I going to live? I, I need to right. go work. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We pay you a stipend too, about $1,200 a month. Back then in Indiana. That's right. Of course. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I look at Tom and he's like, no, it's legit. It's real. <laughs> like, it's not a con, right? So, uh, man, I was like, oh, man, I've just been offered this full ride and like, assistantship this is great my bus is broken down I don't know what to do I talked to my parents they're both like you gotta make a choice so I go on the computer and the man I, I have the computer in my head right and it was a big old grey you know yeah, it's like a Concorde yeah, yeah, 2000 yeah, yeah, yeah. something <laughs> 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 dial up yeah 
Yeah. Three minutes to load a page. Exactly. But but I Googled what yeah. I didn't Google. No, yeah. Yahoo or your Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. And I said, Indiana University Martial Arts. I was like, let's see what's going on. Comes up, largest program in the country. Ooh. Over 2,000 students every semester, which is Pat's domain. Uh-huh. And I constantly keep, I, I just had a quick conversation with him not long ago. I'm like, hey, how many students you got right now? Because I'm always gunning for <laughs> right. it with UCLA. Right, 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 right. I just doubled my classes, so I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting there with him. Ooh. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a, a, a no-brainer to say yes. Then I had to go get the visa and be accepted academically. It wasn't right. like they, I had to go through the process. Oh, sure. So that was like September 2001. Took me a year and I started September 2002 there. Wow. And the best and they thing even about- took you after 9-11, wow. Yeah, well, <laughs> I I was in Florida. <coughs> oh, so it must have been later than six. It must have been early October I was there. I'm trying to think of that. We were in Florida when September 11th hit with the, with the boys in the van. And then right. we were in New York about a week later. Because oh, they wow. had to fly from JFK. Wow. And we, we got, I messed up and tried to cross the George Washington Bridge about a week and a half later yeah. without any ID Ooh. in the fast track lane Ooh. or the easy pass lane, sorry. Ooh. Without easy pass. Like, right. yeah, they, they tore my van apart. Yeah, they, we had some adventures. This guy's that. got a foreign accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I ended up, ended up going there. And, and the classes I started teaching, I, I, I actually went the first class I ever taught at Indiana University. We're talking the basketball state here. Yeah. I taught basketball. Yeah. In the Bobby Knight years even, right? Uh, Bobby Knight. Or he had just gone. Something Davis. I can't remember. John. Oh, okay. It was the coach after Knight. Okay. Tony Davis. But it maybe. was like right after. Tony Davis had just taken... Oh, people are going to kill me. I can't remember his name. He had just taken Bobby Knight's team to the final four. Ooh. So Bobby had left abruptly, right. Right. but it was still his team. Right, right. And then we didn't, we ne- Mike Davis, I think it was. We never got any better. The five, the five years I was there, we never even got close yeah. to that. It's hard but to I, follow that. I taught basketball, I taught volleyball, I taught fitness and jogging, bunch of stuff. <clears throat> um, but what I found out early was that because I was a, an instructor in that program, if I wanted to drop in and audit any other class, I could do it for free. Oh, nice. And it included all the martial arts classes. Wow. So for the for the next five years, I did that at every juncture I could possibly do. And then obviously wow. I started teaching them once I got my black belt. First black belt was Hapkido, then I got black belt in Taekwondo, and, I, and then I was assistant instructor in Jeet Kune Do and Kali with Pat Kelly. And, um, and just loving it, loving life. I had two, three jobs on top of the, on top of the stipend I was getting and in Indiana, and I had no, no uh, kids or anything. Right, I was, I was right. having a good time. It yeah. Was, it was a great time. But then the you know visas and the immigration caught up with me. Yeah. Not that I was illegal or anything. I, I, but I I was running out of time. But there's a process. Yeah. Know? And, and, I, and it depends on which one you're here on. And you're you were here on like an education. It was an F one. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I I had a really good international studies kind of uh, person. And they were like, oh, let's try out a J one for you. So I was on a J one research scholar for a while, and then I got the H one B when I got my full time job at Florida Gulf Coast University. So I left Indiana, oh. went to Florida for two years. Didn't really talk about that too much. Um, <laughs> um, as then, no one you know well yeah, yeah. I graduated at the University of Miami lived in Tampa for five years I, I know yeah, uh, yeah I know there's, exactly. there, there's the positive there's the negative and you just go we'll just skip skip it yeah and there was no there's no one to train with I couldn't I didn't find anyone to train with I found out there was some few folks that I could have driven to to keep up my training but what I decided to do and no one to train under I started teaching the students so that they would come out especially a gentleman called Jeremy Howard Mm-hmm. I got him up through the, you know, 
what what I now know as the basic warm-up Sinawali drills, you know, X, open eight, you know, high, right. high, the heaven sixes, and that's where Cognitive Kali was born because uh. I didn't know much else. Obviously, they didn't, they were learning from me, so I started putting combinations together. I'm like, okay, we know all these drills, we're going to do them in this order, three times through, no mistakes, then we get to go to the pub. Right. But we can't leave and, and we would get to the very last rep See, and I like the, mess I like, up. The, I like the very bottom level of the Cobra's, <laughs> uh, you know, moral and ethical development, the punishment reward. We're just going to, we get beer if we get through this, you know, so many times correctly. That's exactly it what works. it works. And, then, and what we were discovering, you know, we would, you know, uh, my, my, my client, my southern client, Jim, says uh, it's a horse, the horse seeing the barn starts to speed up. And so at the third yeah. rep, and we were getting there, we'd yeah. speed up. And when we speed up, what happens? Yeah, Mistakes. Yeah. So we have to go all the way back to the beginning. And I was like, I was curious about it then. And I didn't have a background in neuroscience or anything like that. But I had a back, back, background in motor learning. And I, and I recognized we were speeding up. So I started using some pedagogical skills that I knew about to, to remedy that so that we could get to the pub earlier. I think wow. this is the first time I have connected Cognitive Carly starting with needing to go to the pub. <laughs> yeah, was, you know, I, I kind of had that in around 96 with yeah. uh, my first uh, instructor, Lauren. We would train, we would, oh man, in Florida, you'd burn a lot of calories. And we're like, yep, let's go down here to this, uh, God, I can't even think of the name of the place in Tampa. And it had something like 60 beers from around the world on nice. And so we'd go get our favorite German beers and a some kind of freaking burger. It was just awesome. And uh, yeah, that would be the reward from training. I wish I could remember the place. There was one place we went that had great food, and they had this buffalo hot chicken sandwich. Oh yeah, well that's that's Florida in general, man. Wait, it's like, it's and they're all chains. Like buffalo wings. They're all yeah. chains as well. I'll find it out because that was my favorite place. You know the funny thing is, so okay, so Hooters basically came from Tampa, right? I didn't know. So, yeah, yeah, that's like their home. Their first store was in Tampa, and it's right up like on the the North Causeway going across the bay. So then you had all these competitors to it that were sort of more local, but they take the same thing. They had the same sort of play on what yeah, Hooters yeah, yeah. are, right? There was one called Melons. There was one called Mugs and Jugs. <laughs> and Mugs and Jugs was a... Uh, well, Melons was a chain. Mugs and Jugs was a one. And it had karaoke night. And this dude wandered in, looked like Willie Nelson, would mm. sing, you know, Always On My Mind. He'd wander off. And you're like, is this dude just hitting karaoke bar? <laughs> just karaoke like bar? Doing just, it. Yeah, just hitting his <laughs> Willie Nelson thing from... Bar to bar, and because I mean, he was he was good. He was pro. I mean, he looked he looked like the real. Could have been Willie. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. Yeah. But uh, it, it was interesting how like basically Florida, man. Your food, especially in the time period I was there, was like yeah, wings or any kind of that you know spicy fried chicken stuff, and then you had grouper. Like grouper oh, sandwiches. Yeah, I remember those? that. I remember that. Oh yeah. my god, there was a blackened grouper sandwich. You could get that just about anywhere. Anyway, yeah. so good. I'll tell you what else that I miss. A and Cuban bit. press sandwiches. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. of course, Cubans. <laughs> yeah, uh, I miss that you get the frozen rum cocktails, uh-huh. and I always put a rum floater in it. And I've oh, never, I've never seen it outside of Florida. You're in Key West and things like that. And I love that. Yeah, rum floater. Well, the nice thing there, you can sweat the alcohol out pretty quick. So you, know, <laughs> you, can, you can kind of get a little go go a little crazy like that. That's kind of interesting. So what um what year was that when you were there? Two thousand seven to two thousand nine was Florida. Okay, Coast. that's interesting because you know I had an insight probably when I was living in Florida as well. Um, so it had been maybe about ten years earlier, I guess. And what it came from, as far as the cognitive stuff or the mental health uh, with collie movements, was a particular show on PBS called the Brain Fitness Program. 
Oh, cool. And it had Peter Coyote was the uh, host. And they were just kind of discussing things about the you know neuroplasticity of the brain and the idea of trying to prevent de- dementia and Alzheimer's. And when they talked about the the more generic things, it was like, oh, we want uh, what's healthy is movement, physical movement that the hands cross the hemispheres of the body, the feet move independently of the hands. And I thought, Kali. That's exactly what we're doing That's in what Kali. We're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I, I I thought, okay, there's something there. And then for me, it was fast forward to obviously later on and meeting all of you guys at UCLA and you guys taking it very seriously. Well, that, that's really that's a really good point to make because I, I think I've told you, I've just finished my second instructor program, December 10th was our last and they're, they're all prepping for their assessments right now. And one of the things, if you've seen the TED talk, is I do talk about crossing the midline. It's one right. of the things. And, and for some reason, most of the comments I get is about that. People are like, yeah, I always thought that was the thing. And in the wellness industry, we've had this conversation many times. Everyone's looking for this silver bullet. Everyone's looking for the one thing. Right. And it turns out, actually, at the time when I did that, and and I think most, hopefully most folks know that I'm not a neuroscientist. I have neuroscience advice. So Dr. Right. Adam Taggart, that he's been on, uh, yeah. Olaf Kogolson, my old roommate from Indiana, and Dr. Sean Mullen have been my uh, people who have advised me on this for a long time. And, and after... And this concludes the abbreviated version of the podcast. Please consider supporting the program by going to www.patreon.com slash M-A-L-M-A-G and subscribing to the show. You can also purchase this individual episode or any individual episode at our Gumroad page. That's M-A-L-M-A-G.gumroad.com. Thank you for listening to this episode with Paul McCarthy. Coming up next week, I've got a former competitive NCAA fencer who is also an instructor in Kali's Illustrissimo, Sabrina Bershad. Our Malmag online store at martialartslifestylemagazine.com has a full selection of Timmy B's brand sticks for FMA and Krabiker Bong. Timmy B's brand now selling in Japan as well. Beautiful Timmy B's brand shirts and Dos Manos shirts are available with new t-shirt designs and more products coming soon. An online course in the Dos Manos method for FMA is available under the Courses tab. More courses coming soon. Check out the Places to Train tab to find schools near you and click on the Events Calendar page to see what seminars and events are happening all around the world. And of course, visit our main page for articles on the martial arts. Music by Jack L. Relic. Martial Arts Lifestyle Magazine and the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast are trademarked and copyrighted by TNT LLC. Yeah.